pirates because of course they have cannons and everything it's a pirate's life for me be proud of who you are and what you are be a pirate because when you're in east carolina you go for it every time or you don't coach in east carolina you don't come to east carolina you don't play in east carolina with a weak heart write it I've ever been in a building as loud as that was. It was deafening in there. We will get them off. I can promise you that. Hand it crumpled all night long in Eastern North Carolina. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're listening to A Pirate's Life for Me on the Sports Objective. Join us every Friday at noon as we catch up with a member of Pirate Nation. Here's your host, Bubba Rosenbaum. Welcome in to A Pirate's Life for Me on the Sports Objective. East Carolina baseball is just around the corner. Spring training also just around the corner right now. On A Pirate's Life for Me, very excited to be joined by... The highest draft pick ever out of East Carolina University, ninth overall um, by the Toronto Blue Jays back in 2014, and that is, of course, Jeff Hoffman. Hoff, welcome into the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, uh, appreciate you taking your time uh, to join this afternoon and you know, taking a look at things. Let's just start off. I know you were born and raised in Latham, New York. Uh, so tell us a little about your childhood and you know that upbringing in Latham, New York. Yeah, uh, grew up um, with a brother and a sister. Um, you know, played played baseball, basketball my whole life. Played some football in my younger days. Um, but yeah, um, my dad coached me. You know, all the way up um, in baseball. Um, and, you know, just had a pretty competitive, uh, childhood with my brother. And, um, you know, I contribute that a lot to, uh, to my desire to, to continue to play at the next level, you know, wherever that was, you know, from high school to college and college to pro. Um, I think that, that competitive, uh, kind of balance with, with my brother, um, always helped drive me. Yeah. I noticed, um, during your high school years and you, you lettered three years in baseball, also a couple in basketball. So you're a multi-sport guy. And, um, did you play anything besides baseball and basketball, you know, during your childhood before getting to high school? I played, uh, football just at the low, like at the lower pop Warner levels. I didn't play once we got into like middle school and high school. Um, but I always loved the game of football. I still am a fantasy football guy. I love watching and, um, keep up with ECU and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, all sports, really. Uh, I grew up, you know, ESPN was always on in my house. My dad, huge sports guy. So um, kind of learned everything, uh, you know, from him, whatever was on the TV at the time. And, um, you know, I think that's why I've continued to, to just love, you know, all sports. And obviously, over the years, things have changed significantly as far as the emphasis at a very early age that uh, – many folks put on travel baseball you know everybody thinks their their child's going to be the one that that gets that division one scholarship that gets the opportunity to play professional baseball but the, you know, what was your childhood like as far as 
playing baseball and then, you know, when you, you gradually uh, and progressively got more serious. Yeah, I, I played, I, I was kind of forced to play everything. Um, I grew up in upstate New York where it's not, you know, the weather's not good enough to play baseball year round. So I played, um, you know, baseball when I, when the weather was good enough. And then, you know, when the weather turned, turned cold, um, you know, we got into football and basketball and, um, I'm a big believer in, in being multiple, being into multiple sports, um, as a way to, to kind of drive your athleticism and, um, you know, just to, to round you more as an athlete. Um, you know, I still, to this day, feel better on the mound when, you know, I am, you know, feeling more athletic and, and lighter on my feet and that kind of thing. So I'm a big believer in, in, um, you know, not really specializing too early. Um, you know, I know my, my boys now I have a four and a three-year-old and, um, they're, you know, constantly wanting to play baseball, but I'm, you know, I try to throw a soccer ball in front of them or a football or basketball, whatever I have, um, you know, to try to get them to, to kind of diversify themselves and, um, to get in, to, to get to like other things. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, wholeheartedly agree with you that, um, very much against uh, specializing at an early age. Uh, like you, you know, I played everything growing up, you know, you know, f- football, basketball, baseball, high school, even ran track um, to, you know, to get better for football. But, um, you know, along those lines, you know, having the experience you do um, with the game and playing at such a high level, you know, if you had to, um, and share a few words with parents, you know, obviously everyone's going to do, you know, what they deem in their best interest, but um, right. what, what would your thoughts be, um, you know, beyond just the fact that uh, you're not against um, or that you are against specializing? Yeah, I would just say, I mean, when you look at the level that I'm at now, I mean, not one of those guys on my teams, you know, through the years, all those guys are the best all around athletes, you know, where they, wherever they came from, not, not many of them are guys that, you know, only focused on baseball their whole life. Um, you look at a guy like JT Realmuto, who is, uh, you know, record holder football player in the state of Oklahoma. Um, you know, I played basketball growing up. Um, you know, there are guys all over the place, all over the field that, you know, they're, they were the best athletes all around, you know, not just focusing on baseball. And that's, I feel like what, you know, what a kid needs is to kind of diversify himself and to get, you know, get those different movements and those different muscle groups incorporated in, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, later down the road when, you know, high school and, and college is starting to come into focus, you know, then you obviously, you know, most guys are looking to, to pick one. Um, obviously there's those special cases that they can play multiple, multiple sports in, in college. And then, um, you know, those obviously very few that get to do it at the pro level. Um, but, you know, I would say, you know, that's, that's my advice. Um, you know, that's kind of the way I, I'm going to approach it um, because that's what worked for me. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, if that's something that my, my boys, my girls want to, want to pursue hopefully it works for them as well yeah i agree that it should probably at least be late middle school if not early high school before you um 
before you start specializing and and really i'm i'm against it even then uh, you know obviously the, it's a case-by-case case thing but generally speaking um, i'm all for all for uh, playing everything you can play uh, for the reasons that you mentioned but um, during your career there at shaker high school in latham new york uh, i know i believe you guys won a state title as a senior is that correct no we actually came sure. we lost in this title game uh, okay but, yeah we were close we were close so um, tell us about what it's like um, you, you talk about the challenges from a weather standpoint you know i have a good friend now whose son's a freshman playing uh, high school baseball uh, here in the next few weeks or I guess a little bit longer than that um, in the state of Connecticut. So, um, what what was it like, uh, you know, playing high school baseball in New York? And um, talk about that tremendous run you guys had as a senior. You, you allowed just 14 runs in 63 innings, you know, per your bio on ECUPirates.com. I didn't even know that, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so, I mean, it, it. There are obviously there are the challenges of, um, you know, you can only be outside for so many months um you know it's not really you know worth it to go outside and try to practice in the snow or anything like that so you got there are a lot of a lot of you know indoor type places uh where you got to train um you know i know for high school we would be in the gym a lot of the time um you know i think uh when you look at it like that though it, it's it's the same for everybody up there um so you know you're only you can only get in what you, what you, you can only get out what you put in. Um, and, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, if you can, you know, focus and, and get as much as you can out of those, you know, indoor kind of, you know, crappy circumstances where, you know, you, you know, people in the South are outside hitting, hitting on the field in uh, February or, or March when you're stuck in the gym until April. Um you know, it does suck a little bit, but, you know, like I said, you, you get out what you put in and, um, you know, I'm, I was, you know, lucky enough to, you know, get better during those winter months. And, and I thought I got better at baseball by playing basketball as well. Like we just talked about. So, um, you know, there are a lot of things, a lot of ways you can get better, you know, from that, um, from that, you know, perspective, you can, you know, play other sports, you can, you know, get in the weight room um, when you're not able to get on the field, you know, when you don't have the ability to have the volume outside, you can, you can, you know, get the volume inside um, in different ways. So, um, you know, just like I said, just get your reps in, in the gym and in the indoor facilities, wherever you can do it um, and, you know, see where it takes you. East Carolina was, of course, and well into the Billy Godwin era. You know, when you were being recruited, Dan Rosell um, was the pitching coach, you know, when you were in Greenville um, pitching for the Pirates. But uh, and tell us about that recruitment and, you know, you know, who else did you consider and before you made that decision to attend ECU? Yeah, I actually uh, committed to Elon before uh, I committed to East Carolina. Um, I wanted to play in the South. And at that time, Elon was, was the best, uh, offer that I had. Um, and long story short, uh, didn't, I didn't get in past admissions with my transcripts and the coaches at Elon were nice enough to kind of forward me along to, you know, some guys, some of the coaches that they were close with at the time. Um, I think they passed them along to pass my name along to like East Carolina and, uh, North Carolina, NC State, Coastal, like those type of schools. 
Um, they knew I wanted to be in the Carolinas. I had some family in the area at that time. And um, ECU gave me the best financial package. And actually, it's a funny story. Uh, during the playoffs this year, I ran into Elliot Avent. Um, <laughs> and because uh, Trey, Trey had him in town for one of the one of the playoff series. And uh, Elliot, you know, approached me and introduced himself and everything. I knew, obviously knew who he was. And I had turned him down. Um, you know, it was pretty brief. It was pretty quick. Like I went and took an official to East Carolina, you know, kind of fell in love with the school, committed on site and didn't really give anybody else a chance. Um, and he, he, you know, questioned, brought, brought it up and questioned me about it. Um, and Trey, Trey kind of butted in and chimed in. He said, yes, yeah, because you didn't offer him enough money. And uh, <laughs> but we were joking and laughing about, you know, what what could have been with with me, Trey and, and Rodon and, um, you know, all those great players they had over there at that time. I think they went went to Omaha, you know, one of those years that that I was in school. So um, it was a funny, funny little story, but um, I enjoyed it. As far as um, the recruitment by East Carolina, you talk about um, taking your visit and liking what you saw. Um, one of the biggest selling points, um, obviously, in addition to just the tradition and so much winning in East Carolina's baseball history, um, you just have an awesome fan base. Um, it's something that has progressively you know, just gotten better and better uh, through the years. Uh, you know, we're top 15 consistently in attendance, um, you know, for the season, averaging right at four and a half thousand. And in the primary, you know, programs ahead of us are, are those in the SEC. I think uh, I saw a number for 2023 and we ranked fifth nationally for programs outside of the Southeastern Conference. But uh, talk about that impact that um, the atmosphere at Clark LeClaire made on you. Of course, East Carolina had defeated. Jackie Bradley Jr. in the South Carolina Gamecocks in that 2009 regional to advance to a super regional against the University of North Carolina. Yeah, uh, I you know, I still to this day come across guys here and there where they're like, hey, you went to East Carolina, man. We played there. What an environment. What an atmosphere. Um, you know, a lot of guys really can't can't believe it, you know, when they get there and they get in front of the, the fans there that, you know, we, you know, have such a in, incredible fan base and, and great following. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of chuckle all the time because, you know, they, they were there for a weekend series. I got to see it, you know, every single day, you know, for three years straight. So um, I know, obviously know what it's about. Um, it's, it's difficult to explain to, to some of the guys that come out of the bigger schools, um, you know, the SEC schools, ACC schools. Um, but, it's really special and uh, it shows how much, you know, the city of Greenville and, and everybody means to, um, you know, the program. And, and obviously we feel it when we're on the field and we show up and everybody's, you know, packing the stadium out. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch recently. Also, after I've been gone, um, you know, seeing the, the regional and super regional appearances and, and seeing, you know, how, how amazing the, you know, the fan base has shown up and, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun to watch on TV. Yeah, kind of working in reverse a bit here, you know, before we talk about your career um, specifically, um, since you brought up, you know, how awesome it is as an ECU baseball alum, seeing the success the program's having, you know, being on the brink of Omaha so many times, um, especially against Texas, 
and then uh, several years um, pre previously uh, against uh, Texas Tech down in Lubbock, yeah. uh, being that being uh, you know just uh, a few outs away in each of those instances. Um, one of the biggest emphasis right now as a program is is getting that uh, the baseball ops building down the left field line, uh, yeah. getting a professional locker room um, where where guys you know like yourself, um, guys like Alec Burleson and etc can can return during the off season if they choose to to get their work in and um, talk about what that would mean to you and what you think that would mean to you know to, to some of your to some of um the current pirates um excuse me more recent pirates that have uh, come along after you yeah i think it would it would mean a lot um to give guys the opportunity and and a reason to to come back and and train um, and to use the facilities because East Carolina does have amazing facilities, um, you know, at their disposal. So, uh, you know, talking to guys that I've, that I've played with, guys from University of Virginia or, you know, Texas, wherever, they all have, um, you know, Vanderbilt also, they all have stuff like that where, you know, it's like a welcoming, um, you know, environment, having the pro guys come back, having them around to work and to talk and, to be there for, for the guys that are on the team, you know, currently to be able to pick our brains. And, um, you know, I think it would mean a lot uh, for the program. It would help the program. Um, it would obviously help the the players get to the next level. Um, and, and it would, it would, you know, help them, you know, know what they're getting into uh, at the next level, because it is different. It's a very different game, the college game from the pro game. Um, very much a business and that's something that you really don't know until you get into it um you know you're not just playing you know for for the guys next to you you're playing for your family and and to put food on the table um and that's very different from the college level certainly is and that's a thought that's been been shared um by so many former pirates as well as i um, you know interviews i've heard players from other schools on just how much they they missed you know what the college game offered you know playing in omaha you know playing in a rowdy clark leclerc stadium in a midweek game against the likes of an nc state or north carolina unc wilmington etc but talk about making that transition uh, from high school baseball to you know one of the top 25, 30 programs, you know, at that time, probably in, in the, in the nation and uh, what that jump was like. Yeah. Obviously the, the one that stands out is like, you go from 25 parents and family members being at your game in, in high school to, you know, 4,000 um, that, you know, at that time that felt like a major league environment and atmosphere um, and then obviously you move on to the next level and you get to pro ball and you see that, oh, wow, that was really nothing. And now, you know, I got to pitch in front of 40,000, you know, in October and, and that kind of thing. It's it's very different. Um, but I think the thing that um, that you you kind of number one, you mature as a person, you know, when you're going through the college level, like you're, you're going from being a kid, you're now living by yourself in a different state, you know, no parents every day to, um, you know, stay on you about, you know, anything you're, you're on your own, at least for me, I wasn't, I was out of state kid. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of like growing up and you're growing, you're doing the same thing. And, 
um, in the baseball world. You're growing up, you know, you're learning like, oh, I got to be able to pitch in front of 4,000 people. Then I got to learn how to pitch in front of 12,000 people. And then I got to learn how to pitch in front of 30,000. Like it's, it's kind of like the growing, it's the growing pains and, and it's not, you know, smooth or easy for, for everyone. Some people it is. Um, but, you know, I think the fan base at ECU being the way it is definitely helps. And it's a stepping stone to the next level um, because there were some rowdy environments um, in some of the games that I played in there. And, and that definitely helps prepare you for rowdy environments in the future. Taking a look at your uh, 2012 season, you know, what, um, what really stands out to you? Uh, and just kind of uh, reflecting back in preparation you know, for this interview, um, just seeing some of the things that, uh, that you accomplished, uh, first collegiate win in a shutout against a rival UNC Wilmington, a five to nothing win for the Pirates. Uh, you went six and a third and allowed um, in seven hits and pitched very well against the Seahawks. So what, what are your m- memories of that one? Not much. It's so long ago now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember, um, I remember, you know, my first, first outing of my college career. I remember my first start was against Trey um, at NC state. Uh, I actually didn't even remember that my first, uh, my first win was at, was against UNC Wilmington. Um, you know, I think, you know, that time for me was, was so such a whirlwind. And, um, you know, I wish, you know, looking back, obviously hindsight is 2020, but, you know, I wish I was, um, a little bit more mature in some senses where I, I could have stayed in the moment a little bit better, um, you know, to remember some, of some of those more, um, you know, important moments, uh, in my career, but, um, you know, looking back, you know, I, I see, you know, news articles and, um, you know, web web articles and stuff like that every once in a while come up about, you know, some of those good old days. And, um, you know, I, I had a ton of fun playing for the Pirates. Um, and, and, you know, it was definitely a time in my life that I cherish. And, uh, you know, I hope, you know, my kids, you know, get to do something similar someday. Another game certainly don't recall a lot about it, but I do remember um, losing that year one to nothing in extra innings at uh, 10th ranked North Carolina. And uh, in that one, uh, you had an excellent outing. And you, I know I'm putting you on the spot again here. Uh, but you, you, you remember, you remember that one, you, you went seven, seven, seven shutout innings of five hits. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. Um, I believe Colin Moran was, you know, out with like a broken hand or something that night. And I was like, Oh, Man, that makes it a little bit easier, but not yeah. much. Um, no, they were an unbelievable team that year, and and that was you know my freshman year, and I, I you know I remember that feeling like the biggest stage in the world, um, and you know same with the game, my first start against NC State. Those were those games felt like the biggest games, you know, that I would ever pitch in. Um, obviously, had no idea you know what I would be getting into you know five ten years from then, but. Um, you know, yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing against that type of competition at that time. That was something that I'd never, um, you know, being an upstate New York kid, I had no idea about ACC baseball and SEC baseball and all these, you know, the highest level, you know, a highest amateur level that you could possibly play at. And, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, I'm very thankful for those opportunities given to me and um, think they helped, you know, shape the pitcher that I am now. 
before we started recording, you know, we were talking about your relationship with um, pitching coach Dan Roselle. Um, and tell us, you know, during that freshman season, as you were making that that uh, big jump from high school to a high level Division One baseball, you know, what was your relationship like with with coach, and you know, the, the things that he really emphasized, you know, to to maximize your potential. Yeah, it was it was you know huge because. Dan, um, you know, he called our games for us at, you know, when I, back then, um, I have no idea you know, how it goes now, but, you know, for me personally, I needed that. Um, I had no idea how to call my own game when I was a, you know, 18 year old kid, 19 year old kid. Um, so being able to, to see that, learn from that, understand what I was good at, um, by, him calling my pitches, understanding, you know, oh, wow, you know, every you know, two strike count, I'm throwing a lot of curveballs. So I must have a, you know, pretty good curveball. Like he, he believes in it. So I believe in it. Um, so I think, you know, from those like that on field stuff, he definitely helped, um, you know, progress my career and i um, super thankful for him. Um, and, you know, that whole staff, I mean, it, it all it is, is, you know, you're helping 18 year old ball players, you know, grow up a little bit and, um, you know, both on the field and off the field. Um, and, you know, for what they did, you know, for me and, um, you know, I feel like it helped me get to the next level, which is all I could have asked for. Um, that's all I wanted, you know, out of them is to, you know, help me use this as a stepping stone to get me to professional baseball. I want to see what I got, um, you know, and try to try to use this as a career. Following your freshman season, you had the chance to play up in the Cape for uh, Hyannis. So tell us about that experience, because obviously um, that's, you know, the premier summer baseball league. And there's been movie, at least a movie made about it. So, you know, back back in the early 2000s, um, the Fr- Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Bill summer catch. But uh, tell us about what it, what it's really like um, to play at the Cape and you know, with so many high level prospects. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I, um, you know, to this day, I still don't know why or what coach Godwin saw on me to, to give me that opportunity to go there as a freshman. Um, there aren't many freshmen that are up there at all. Um, but I remember getting the call in my dorm room and I picked up the phone. I thought I was in trouble or something. And he answered the phone. He said, you want to go to the Cape this summer? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to. And he said, all right, you're in. And that was that. And, uh, you know, I had a decent freshman season, um, went up there and and really got to see, you know, what, you know, college, what, you know, the minor leagues was going to be about, because that's really what it is. It's kind of like that lower minor league level where you got all this whole mishmash of college players and they're all, you know, the best um, for their for their program, respectively. And, um, you know, you get to play every night against those guys. And, and for a whole summer, um, you know, I got to see kind of where I stacked up against the best players in the country. Um, had a pretty good summer there. Um, actually took a step forward with velocity there. I think, you know, just getting a little bit more mature physically and, and getting stronger and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that summer, I pretty much, you know, that I used that summer as another stepping stone to kind of put myself in the conversation of like, this guy, you know, can be a guy at the next level. What's that atmosphere like up in the Cape? Um, 
of course, some, some summer leagues have much better atmospheres than others. And in many ways, it's kind of like, at least in certain summer leagues, kind of like minor league baseball, as far as uh, all the promotions and things yeah. to get, get fans out of the ballpark. What's it like in the Cape, at least back then? Yeah, no, it was, um, it's not so much the atmosphere, like fans atmosphere, as much as it is like scouting and, uh, you know, you're, you're in, you're basically pitching. It's like a showcase every night. Like you're not necessarily there to win. Um, it's, you know, you're getting your innings in and every inning and every pitch you throw, you're throwing in front of a radar gun and, you know, 30 plus scouts, um, so it was an awesome experience. Um, obviously, me pitching well and you know showing all the things that I need to show helped um, my experience there. I still keep in touch with my uh, my host family there. I lived with them for two two summers. Um, they're still very much in my life. Um, you know, they were just they just came down to Orlando uh, at the beginning of the off season to celebrate my my twin girls' first birthday. Uh, they flew in for that. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a special few summers and, um, you know, once again, like I've done a lot of things in my career that, you know, I hope that if my boys end up playing baseball, I hope that they get to experience some of the things that I've done. Moving into your sophomore season, um, 2013, um, during your freshman year, you had been kind of a split guy. You, you'd, you had, I don't know, right around 20 appearances. About half of those were starts in 2013. Talk about that that role, 15, 15 starts, and then you logged nearly 110 innings and had a very solid you know, 3-2 ERA. But, um, but your record was not, in my opinion, what it should have been. We, we just didn't, um, at times, score enough runs. Yeah, that was kind of my first year as, like, the workhorse type um, – you know, pitcher at the front of the rotation. Um, I got the chance to start on, I think I started Friday night, every, every outing that year. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, a it was new for me because the year before that I was, you know, I worked my way into the rotation and, you know, I didn't really spend the full season as a starter. Um, but being, you know, on that type of schedule and knowing that, you know, every Friday night I'm going to have to go try to beat their best, starter um it was cool and um you know you get kind of ridden the same you get ridden like uh like a top a front of the line ro- rotation guy like you're you're out there for seven innings every night like no matter what you're the best guy they got um so that was cool and obviously you know getting stacked up against um you know some of the arms that i had to face were was was fun and um you know, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the series. So a lot of like high stakes for, for those, uh, those starters, the Friday night starters. And, um, you know, we probably didn't do as well as I would have liked that year, but um, it was definitely a, a learning experience for me. Yeah. During those years, um, Conference USA, a very formidable league, you know, with the, with the likes of Rice and Southern Miss, Tulane, et cetera. But um it, it was clear that you know the the coaches you know, around the league you know, recognized um, you know, the the type of pitcher you were um, because of you earned second team All Conference USA honors despite that six and seven overall record. And then uh, another neat award that you were the recipient of is the MVP uh, 
for the top pitcher on the team uh, from the jungle. So, uh, yeah. of course, um, you know, diehard college baseball fans are well aware of the jungle. They've seen it against the likes of Texas and NC State, et cetera, over the last five to ten years on ESPN as college baseball's television coverage has um, significantly progressed. But um, talk about that, uh, just the honor of East Carolina fans um, naming you the jungle MVP. Yeah, it means it means the world. Um, you know, everybody's out there, rain or shine, uh, supporting us. And, um, you know, it's not always, you know, beautiful, sunshining weather. Um, you know, it gets cold and, and everybody's still out there, um, you know, with the megaphones and all that. Um, and I miss that stuff a lot. And uh, I'm really thankful for, for that award. And, and I was happy to receive it that year. I remember I remember pretty vividly uh, being really excited about that. In your final season with the Pirates, um, kind of, I was looking over the numbers. Uh, you had a game that you went uh, nine and two thirds innings. Um, <laughs> and, and, that, and I, t- I take that back. That was actually in 2013. And then uh, you had games in 2014 um, against Middle Tennessee State, uh, you know, who was part of the conference at that time. And also you had a game against Western Kentucky where you uh, you struck out 16 and 14 respectively. Do you recall those? I do. Uh, one of those games was a game that I blew my elbow out in. Um, and I ended up having surgery after that. That was my last college start. Um, but no, I, uh, I had, uh, yeah, a couple good ones that year. And, um, you know, that was, that was, um, that was an all or nothing year for me because, you know, the draft was coming up and I really wanted to prove that I was the best player in the country. And, um, you know, didn't work out the way I wanted it to with getting hurt and all that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, still ended up in a pretty good spot and, uh, Definitely thankful for for all the opportunities that I got there. You talk about uh, wanting to be the the top, or, you know, one of the top players in the country. Uh, Baseball America and Perfect Game that year had you rated as the number two overall prospect in 2014, and um, that certainly was reflected um, in the draft that year. You went ninth overall, as I referenced in the opening. Um, the highest draft pick ever out of East Carolina. And that's saying something with the uh, baseball history that the pirates have. And well, I can only imagine the excitement and what it was like to, to get that call and find out you're going ninth overall to Toronto. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, you know, I was in a, I was in an arm brace after my surgery during that night. Um, and honestly, we didn't know how it was going to turn out. Um, you know, we knew there were a couple teams in the first round that had multiple picks, so they could have been a possibility. Um, and I had had a, an in-person meeting in Greenville, actually, with the front office from Toronto, and I knew that was a possibility. So, you know, we were kind of holding out for that. And, um, you know, I got the call, and I was extremely happy and relieved and all those things. Um, and I was ready to get my rehab started at that point and, um, you know, got – got down to Dunedin and got to their, their spring training complex and got right to work. And, and I was, you know, happy that they got me healthy and, and I was able to start my, my playing career that next year. After beginning your career with the Blue Jays, you made that transition to the Rockies organization. Then you had the, had the chance to play uh, five years with Colorado. Um, what do you recall about uh, your, your major league debut? 
Uh, I remember giving up too many runs. Um, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember being being in awe of how big that stadium was um, and is. I mean, that that's a it's a really cool stadium to pitch in to call home. Um, you know, I remember thinking wild balls really flying here. Um, you know, all those things that you probably hear about Denver. Um, but you know, all in all, you know, five years of learning experiences there, and um, I was I was happy to get out of there. Yeah, generally, uh, you know, Clark LeClaire Stadium is thought of as more of a hitter's yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you kind of read my mind uh, there with with Coors Field um, in in Colorado, and um, I just remember thinking when I saw you were going to to uh, the Rockies, I was like, this this will be interesting uh, in, in that uh, the thin air and uh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure you you perhaps had similar thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I mean at first, um, no, what didn't really think about it. Um, just thought I'd be fine. Uh, right. And you know your stuff is definitely affected there. Um, you know the the break of your pitches, all that stuff is definitely affected. And then the way the ball flies, um, obviously, is is different. So, um, you know, like I said, it was it was a lot of learning experiences there. Um, and, uh, you know, I was excited to, to move on to Cincinnati. Um, what are your top memories of, of that time with, with the Reds? I enjoyed my time with the Reds a lot, man. I, um, you know, my first year there, we had a really, really good team. Um, you know, kind of stumbled a little bit late in the season. We had a couple guys go down that were big parts of our offense and, um, ended up, you know, coming up just short of the playoffs. Uh, but that was the first time I felt like, um, you know, I was on a team that that could that could win. And I felt like I was a, a small part of that, um, you know, and then my the next year there, you know, it was kind of fire sale went down um, at the through the offseason and then into the early part of the season. And, and we realized that we were going to be part of a, of a rebuild year um, and got smacked around pretty good there uh, for a while. Um, but I had a decent year, um, and I was I was happy with the numbers that I was able to put up in the bullpen there um, for my first year in the bullpen. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed my time in Cincinnati a lot. In 2023, you you definitely had more than a decent year uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, 52 and a third innings, just 29 hits, 54 appearances, all in relief. And in those 52 and a third, you struck out 69 and. Uh, had a whip of you know just just over point nine, uh, which is obviously extremely good. Uh, so, um, and then and you, um, we talked about this off the air before we started recording. Um, I mentioned to you that I grew up an Atlanta Braves fan, as many people in this region do, and uh, I just remember Pirate fans, you know, saying, "Hey, I hope." Hope the best for Jeff, but got to pull for my Braves. I was the opposite, you know, especially if it's a situation where you were in the game and the game was on the line. I'm definitely going to pull for the Pirates. But, um, you know, 2023, um, clearly far and away your best year in your eighth season in Major League Baseball. Yeah. um, You know, it started off, you know, we didn't know about, you know, what was going to happen. Um, you know, I signed a minor league deal with, with Minnesota, uh, had a pretty good camp, thought I had a pretty good chance of making the team. They went in a different direction. Um, the Phillies were actually the first team to call when I, when I backed out of my deal there. Um, and you know, that to me was a good sign. They, 
noted, you know, a lot of the things that I had worked on in the off season as a reason for, for wanting me. Um, so I thought the opportunity lined up well for me. Um, so, you know, I went and spent, you know, a month in AAA and I had another opt out coming up. So I, you know, um, definitely told them that I was, I was going to take it. I was going to try to get back to the big leagues. If they weren't going to put me on their team, then I would, I would try somewhere else. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went out and, and had, you know, I took it, took it outing by outing, man. All I did was, you know, treat, treat each, each time they call my name, treat it like the world series. And, um, you know, when your back is up against the wall like that, you show your true colors. Um, you know, I've been a, a big believer in that. And, uh, my back was definitely up against the wall this year, this past year. And, um, you know, I was, I was proud of the work that I put in. Tell us about, uh, you, you, obviously you have Bryce Harper, uh, and some of those um, you know, teammates and, you know, what it's like in, in that locker room and just, you know, just, um, all the, all the things that, uh, major league baseball entails. Yeah. Um, no, the cool thing about our locker room, man, is um, is all those guys, Bryce, uh, Trey, JT, Schwarber, um, they're all they're all, you know, team team first guys. Uh, you know, they're there to win. That is the only reason they're there. And I think that's what makes us so dangerous is, um, you know, every night we're just trying to find a way, um, you know, no matter how it has to happen. Um you know, no matter who has to step up, that's all it was is, you know, if, you know, the guy in front of me didn't get it done, I tried to go out and get it done. If I didn't get it done, then the guy after me tried to go out and get it done. And um, I think it just meant more to us than it did other, other teams. And, um, you know, we, uh, we definitely have a fan base behind us in Philly. That is, um, you know, the most insane atmosphere that I've ever played in front of. And it's not even close. Um, and we are, we are there to win for Philly and, and the people there and the fans there, and we understand how much it means to them. And, uh, we, we feel like we have to reciprocate. You talk about the atmosphere there, uh, in Philly, um, this past summer, my, my son and I had the opportunity to, uh, travel up the Northeast, see a game at Yankee stadium, also a game at Fenway, a couple of bucket list items. Definitely hope to go back to to those, or that, uh, especially Fenway. It's just, it's like something out of a movie. Um, just walk, walking into that ballpark, and it's like a like a little kid uh, on Christmas, just taking it all in. Uh, but uh, w- whether it's Fenway Park or you know other venues, uh, Wrigley Field, you know what what are some of your memories and and so forth of those ballparks. Yeah, every time I walk into one, um, you know, if it's my first first time there, uh, it's the same for me. Yeah, I feel like a kid, um, a kid on Christmas morning. Um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, it's all I ever wanted to do was was like play professional baseball. Um, and the fact that I get to do it and I get to show up, you know, to a major league stadium every day and call it call it my home and call it my workplace is incredible. Um, you know, I still get surprised every day how green the grass is and you know, how manicured the, the dirt is and the mound and, and the, and the baselines and all that. And, um, you know, I'm really just so, so lucky, uh, to be able to do it. And, um, you know, you know, that's why I work so hard is because like, this is what, this is what, you know, 
five-year-old Jeff wanted his whole life. It's, you know, it's, it's all I've ever wanted. Um, and that's why I, I continue to put in the work and, and, you know, try to get the most out of it. You know, as we're recording this, you know, here in uh, you know, mid to late January, you know, it's not long until the 2024 season uh, will be here. And so tell us what these next several weeks will be like for you. Congratulations to you on you know, on signing that uh, deal here, I guess, uh, about a week ago. Um, and um, obviously, it's also your, um, you know, belated happy birthday here. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So it's been, it's been quite the start to 2024 for you. Yeah, it has. Um, it's been crazy. Um, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of family coming through and, and, you know, everybody tries to spend as much time as they can with us while we're, while we're at home for the off season um, because the season is so crazy and, and you never know who, you know, who you're going to have time to see and, you know, you're moving around so much and all that stuff. But um, you know, the next, next few weeks for me, I'm going to show up to spring training a week early. Um, you know, try to, try to get, you know, around the guys, um, you know, a little bit before I, before, you know, everything starts up all the practices and teamwork starts up. Um, but you know, for the, for these next few weeks, um, you know, I'm on the mound twice a week, just trying to, you know, fine tune and, and, you know, get my arm going the way, the way I want it to feel you know once camp starts and um yeah it's pretty much my focus i'm in the weight room i'm at pt and then i'm on the mound or or you know on the field throwing um so you know it's a uh it's a it's a year long and and full year every year of of just you know trying to get your body in the best shape possible to to go out and play in the marathon season you know final question for you here um this is probably hard to narrow it down to just one, but you know, some of those uh, top hitters that you faced in your eight plus years now or so in, in um, the MLB, you know, who are those, those top guys that, uh, that, that you've seen the, the most of and, um, and, you know, your memories of those battles. Yeah, man, there's so many of them. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I was in, I was on, Nolan's team for a long time. I have a lot of respect for what Nolan does at the plate. Um, pitched against Goldie uh, when he was in his years in, in Arizona and then kind of followed him when, when he went and switched divisions over to uh, St. Louis and I was in Cincinnati. Seen him a ton. Um, you know, Acuna is always such a pain. Um, geez, I mean, you name it. I mean, every team has, you know, those guys that you're like, man, how am I going to get this guy out tonight? Uh, Mookie, Freddie, uh, Bellinger, I mean, all those guys are, are really, um, you know, headaches uh, when they're up there because you don't, you have no idea. They, you know, all it takes is for them to be looking for that, for that one that you have gripped and, um, you know, it's damage. So, you know, it's always a, a battle of, of, you know, trying to, you know, stay ahead of the curve and what they're thinking. And, um, you know, luckily now I have, I have JT who's been at it for a while and he's at the top of the game and, in all, all facets of the game. And he, uh, he takes good care of me and he, um, you know, he's a, he's an unbelievable hitter as well. So he, he, you know, kind of sits back there and, you know, he has that, um, you know, point of view and that perspective, uh, both offensively and defensively. 
really appreciate the time and you've been very generous on this afternoon and you know we're as pirate nation you know so proud of of the success that you're having and wishing you continued success with the phillies in 2024 and you know if you um, you know had a message you know, for Pirate Nation or and just about your time in East Carolina and what it meant to you, um, you know what what would that be? Yeah, man, I would say just keep being you. Um, you know, keep keep doing everything that makes you know, us talk about how great Pirate Nation is. Um, and you know, I, I've I've said that you know, East Carolina was a stepping stone for me and, and it helped me get to the next level. And those things are all so true. They, um, you know, helped me in so many different ways, um, you know, progress and further my career to the next level and, um, you know, forever thankful for the support and, uh, everything that they've done for me and, um, you know, definitely proud and, and happy to be able to call myself a pirate. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, so many times, you, you know, folks hear that word stepping stone and they think of it in a negative sense. But, you know, obviously in, in this situation, it's, you know, when you see, you know, guys like yourself or Alec Burleson, um, you know, yeah. Gavin, Gavin Williams, uh, Connor Norby, who's on the verge of the big leagues uh, with the Orioles and, you know, certainly think he'll be there this year. I know uh, was waiting for that to happen in 2023 or perhaps, you know, him, him get traded. But, uh so many pirates having success in professional baseball in the big leagues. It's awesome to see. Uh, really appreciate the time, as I said, and uh, just look forward to having you on the show sometime down the road. Yeah, sorry it took so long, but uh, thanks for for finally having me on, and I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next time. Pirate Nation, that is. Jeff Hoffman, the ninth overall pick back in the 2014 MLB draft. Uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in to A Pirate's Life for me here on the Sports Objective. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, go Pirates. It's a Pirate's Life for me. Savvy. Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates.